some breaking news. Judge announces that, yes, the Dakota Access Pipeline will continue to have oil flowing through it. Huge, huge news for the state of North Dakota. In just a few minutes, I get a chance to sit down earlier today with Congressman Kelly Armstrong. He's on the Energy and Commerce Committee. So we talk about that. We talk, obviously, about the a situation with Nord Stream 2, President Joe Biden, the January 6th Commission, and much, much more. First, though, I want to take a moment just to remind you to be sure and join me all next week. All right, all next week on AM 1100, the flag from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on AM 1100, the flag. I'm doing some radio, going back into the radio studio. So what's going to be so fun is that you'll be able to call into the show. You and I can talk back and forth and you can share your point of view and we may agree, we may not. I guess we'll find out next week. So again, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on AM 1100, the flag. If you're out in the Williston area, Tioga, Stanley, it is KTGO 1090. I'm looking forward to getting a chance to visit with you. All right, so let's start here. Earlier today, I had a chance for our, it was a live stream town hall. So Congressman Armstrong was taking your questions as well. But here's some of our conversation with Congressman Kelly Armstrong. Congressman Armstrong, it's great to see you. Uh, let's jump right in here with this breaking news. Judge decides that, yes, DAPL shall continue to remain open. You asked me off air, hey, Chris, did you read the decision? I said no. And you said, oh, my gosh, you need to. So tell us exactly what happened and what's in the decision. Well, in the process of ruling that the injunction will be granted and DAPL gets to stay open while they continue to do yet another environmental review, uh, the judge, uh, I, I don't know a better way to say it, uh, he threw the Corps of Engineers under the bus, then he drove over them, then he drove over them for 31 more pages, and then he said wow. DAPL gets to stay open. So uh, it's a really, uh, when you, I, I've read a lot of legal opinions in my life. It, it, it was a very interesting take on it, but uh, nonetheless, uh, DAPL will remain open while the Corps continues to get their environmental impact statement. So take us inside that a little bit. Hopefully your team will send me a link to this to this uh, opinion. But so what, what do you mean he threw him under the bus and then said, okay, we're gonna keep it open. What did he say specifically? I mean, it's basically, and I think you and I talked about this last time during the last, uh, the status conference ruling, he's like, uh, the answer of we won't know until we know has been frustrating for this judge, which has essentially been the core's answer. Uh, the core has basically said, listen, there's nothing, you know, there's a reason we said it was okay from an environmental analysis standpoint. We know no reason why we wouldn't grant the environmental or wouldn't grant the pipeline when it's an environmental impact statement, which makes sense, right? This is not a green corridor. It's already a brown corridor. I mean, there are other infrastructure projects that go in the same spot. But the judge has been frustrated with the court's take on this, and I, it, it comes out in the opinion. But it, all, I mean, colorful language aside, it's a good ruling for the state of North Dakota. It's obviously great for our economy, and it's the right and just ruling. So, so I was going to say, just to be clear, because I did read a quote where he's like, look, a judge can only go as far as the law will take him. So I'm, I'm interpreting you got the sense that he really, really wanted to stop this, but the law just wouldn't allow him to follow the letter of the law, because otherwise he could use his, lose his judgeship, correct? Well, yeah, I mean, he's a federal judge. It's pretty hard to get rid of a federal judge, but the reason they become federal judges is they have fidelity to the law. And even, I mean, like I said, colorful commentary aside, he came to the right decision. He does, uh, I mean, he, I, I mean, he, he basically says he has no other choice because of the Corps of Engineers in action. God, I'm going to come back to the pipeline conversation in a moment because of Nord Stream, Colonial. But first, obviously, this is a town hall for you to get a chance to interact with your constituents. So a couple of things that are coming up, 
congressman that I have heard about, but not so much as of late. So Amanda says it's North Dakota housing and illegals. What is HB 1012 Section 20? So if you can hold that thought, because then we've got also Bob Paulson saying, hey, we've got pretty good evidence. So maybe you know something about this of illegal immigrants arriving in Dickinson and Minot being flown in with yellow envelopes that have got a court date listed on them. Is there a plan to push back on the Biden administration's action? So first off, do you know, or, because I know Governor Burgum said, hey, we're not going to take illegals. Are they now being flown into North Dakota that you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of, but you got to remember, and I think we've talked about this before, Border Patrol is not a housing agency. So when I went down to the border, one of the things you have, Border Patrol essentially has three, three and a half things they can do. They can turn you over for prosecution. They can turn you over for deportation. If you're under the age of 18, they can turn you over to HHS or they can let you go. And because of policies the Biden administration is doing, as in not not prosecuting people that have not committed a prior felony and because uh, they're, they're overloaded and if they can't take any more people for deportation at any given time, there are people being released absolutely all the time and uh my uh when we were down there one of my colleagues congress uh congresswoman ashley hinson from iowa said this and she said we're all border communities because once they i have no doubt that there's some of them here because once they're let go they, they i mean they're let go they're given a court date and said show up and that i mean and more often than not it's a deportation order so continue what? Get it, the border under control is important because once they're let go into the interior of the country, uh, they don't all stay in Texas or in Arizona. This is some big news that you're sharing. So you're saying, Chris, there's no doubt that illegals are coming to North Dakota, even though Governor Bergman put out a statement saying, look, we don't want to have the illegals come here. So you're saying the state has got no right to that? Well, wait a second. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea of the formality of it, but I'm just telling you, once they release them, they can go anywhere they want in the country, just like anybody else can. They're left. They're let go. They they are given a court date and said you have to appear on X date, but they're not put in detention. They're not tracked. They're not monitored. And like I said, they're just overwhelmed down there because of policies of the Biden administration. All right. So, so once once they're released from there, I mean, they can go wherever they can go wherever. What? And, and you and I are paying to fly them around the country. Is that true? Or there are, I mean, there are people, I don't know where they're going and how they're going. We continue to ask questions. We don't get them either. I mean, the answer is either very well. So how, how does that happen? I mean, how, how can you not get answers as a congressperson? <laughs> You'd be shocked at how few answers they'll, they, they give to us as a congressperson when you're dealing with it. I, listen, we've been pressuring them. We were down there. We continue to talk to them. We need them to reinstitute across border family reunification. They're not taking it seriously. Uh, they weren't taking it seriously a month ago. They're, it, we're coming into the peak time now, and it continues to be. We have 20,000 migrants right now, or, or minor minors. That, that number is not going down. So is there any way for North Dakota to track illegal immigrants that are coming into the state or is we just sort of at the mercy of the Biden administration? Well, there's two different sides of this. We're going to continue to find out if there's any coordinated effort for that. But on an, on an uncoordinated effort, no, there's no really no method. Once they're let go, it's like being released on personal recognizance. It's like once you once you're released, once you're released from detention, you are you have freedom of movement. So uh, but I mean, let me ask you this, because they're here illegally. And as, as Bob suggested a moment ago, we've got pretty good evidence. They see people with yellow envelopes. I mean, could they call somebody to, to say, hey, look, this person's here illegally. We want to report this. Could they do something like that? Or is that? Not? 
What, what can what can we do as North Dakotans? They have already made it a policy. Listen, I, I'm just telling you, you, I agree with everything they're saying. But the answer is the administration has made a policy that if you have not committed a prior violent crime, they are not going to arrest you. And if they're overloaded on pretrial, you can tell them that and they'll say, yeah, they're on their own recognizance and they have to show up at their court date. That's the policy. That's an administrative policy. And we we continue. We have bills to reform Border Patrol. We had them last Congress. We have them this Congress. We, we They're real serious, significant ones that we're trying to do. We can't get a hearing on them as Republicans in the, in the, in the House. I served on the Immigration Subcommittee for two years. We know this is this was an issue. Listen, I, I think I told you this before. When I was down at the border, I asked how many of them are claiming asylum. Because in 2019, that was the big issue. Remember, it was asylum. And the answer I got was straightforward. None. They don't have to. That was the answer. It's just stunning to me when you think about the 10th Amendment and obviously a state's rights. And again, I, I get it. If we've got people coming here legally, I'm all for that. It's just the illegal situation you're telling me that right now it sounds like we're handcuffed. There's really nothing we can do. And that is shameful if it's against the law all right let's anything else you want to say sir do you want to move on to the next question well no and i think but i think it's important i mean this is so one of the things down at the border that even me as somebody who did this work for 10 years that i recognize is not linear i mean the border is linear but the local law enforcement down in texas that goes 200 miles north of the border is dealing with 85 percent of their time is being dealt with with illegal immigration which means 85% of their time is not being spent in their communities. And that continues to move up and through, whether it's Texas, whether it's Arizona, all the way through. So we'll continue to put pressure on as many coordinated efforts as we can from the federal government. But th that's only part of it, because the other part of it is the uncoordinated side of it. What do you mean specifically? Well, once they're let go, they're let go. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. let go. It's, it's called, they're no. in, in, in any case, when you are when you are given a court date, and you are not detained prior to that court date, you're called, it's called released on your own recognizance. Now, if no. you're charged with a crime in North Dakota and you had no, no tie to the community and you were a flight risk, a district court judge in North Dakota would say, hey, we're gonna detain you prior to trial. But that's not happening at the border right now because they're just completely overwhelmed and they're not, and they're not doing any of the things they need to do to stop the traffic from coming. And they're not. And we just want to make sure we get the nomenclature right tonight. It's catch and release. Catch and release. <laughs> By the way, I, there's a lot of different issues and there's a lot of different uh, people down there. But bo the Border Patrol guys down there are as frustrated as anybody else is. They just they're not a housing facility. No, I know you, you didn't get my Trump impression. Yeah. I was just having fun. Uh, all right. Cassie says this. What are you going to do to protect North Dakotans from these extreme overreaches into our medical rights regarding these vaccine passports? Private businesses have no right to mandate medical intervention or discriminate against those who choose not to participate. It's happened in other states. Will you stand against this in North Dakota? If so, how? Well, yeah, I mean, it's from that perspective. So there's two different sides, right? There's the government side, which I absolutely oppose in any way, shape or form. I mean, the government has no right to do these things. And then the, there's the private business side, which gets a little more problematic in that. I mean, you have a right to run your business however you want. Um, I think there's a lot of misinformation about that. But there are things that we absolutely should not be doing and continue to do and continue to push forward and make sure people have the right. I mean, I like I'm. I'm excited. I'm, the more people that get the vaccine, the more our country opens up, the better our economy does. But everybody has a right to their own private medical um, position on this. Um, 
All right. So the Michael Coachman says, why are we housing the illegals? I'm not sure we are. Okay. Right. Sure. Like, um, then let's move on to this. <laughs> well, I'm assuming he means, you know, because obviously you saw what happened in San Diego where they, they were paying for the hotels and things of that nature. So I presume that's what they were referring to or. Yeah. And I mean, they're doing that. I mean, when they're doing that and how they're doing that with, I mean, different states do different things. The federal government does different things, but I don't think the federal government is housing illegal aliens in North Dakota, or at least if they are, they haven't told us yet. And we've asked. Okay. But there's a possibility that, I mean, they're being housed somewhere. Are they just with family or? Yeah. A lot of times that's what they do, right? They say, Hey, here's my family member, whether it is their family member or not, who the, I mean, who the heck knows? I mean, they know the laws as well as we do when they're coming across the border. It's obvious. Um, Cindy says this, do you support the January 6th commission to investigate the attack on the Capitol police and Congress? Uh, I didn't, I voted against it. Uh, we, there was, obviously there are a lot of different committees that are looking at this stuff, but just to be honest, this is, and this is really unfortunate, but I serve on one of these supposedly nonpartisan committees and you can look at everything from speaker Pelosi's comments to to Senator Schumer's comments to a, drastic overestimation of an anonymous letter written on uh, Capitol Police be- letterhead that broke the last minute before this. And there, there, it was, there's just simply no real functional way this can happen at this point in time, the way they had it set up. So I want to get to this letter. Here's the letter for you people for that haven't seen it. I want to read some of this for our audience, Congressman, and then give you a chance to respond because some of it I thought was pretty stunning. These are people that are paid to protect you. And I'm going to quote here for our audience it's inconceivable that some of the members we protect would downplay the events of January 6th because you didn't vote for it. Member safety was dependent upon the heroic actions of United States Capitol Police. It is a privileged assumption for members to have the point of view that it, quote unquote, wasn't that bad. That privilege exists because of the brave men and women of the USCP protected you, the members. And it goes on to say, sir, unfortunately, this letter comes to you anonymously because as U.S. Capitol Police officers, We are expected to remain neutral and do our jobs with honor and integrity. It's unfortunate that our quote unquote bosses, Congress, are not held to the same standard that we are. I mean, it's sort of a veiled threat, if you will. Do you still feel safe? 100%. I talked to these. Thank you so much to Congressman Armstrong for his time and insight there. If you want to see all that conversation, very easy to do. Just go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now. Again, facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right, stay with us when we come back. It's Friday. That means it's Small Town Spotlight. We're visiting with the mayor of the great town of Alexandria. As always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. 